Hello and welcome to episode 82 of the Knitting on the Run podcast, where it's always knitting and running in 30 minutes or less. Segments this week include FOs, whips, out and about, and on the run. But first, a little intro. I'm back! Yes! Hello! Woohoo! It feels really good to be back recording again. These show notes were originally written back in early August when my laptop died. Uh, yes, my, my new laptop that was new to me. In, I bought it in December. It's a secondhand laptop. Um, side note, I'd like to buy a secondhand electronics, keeps them out of the landfill. However, I'd had this laptop for roughly eight months, maybe eight and a half months, and the laptop completely up and died. And uh, the way it died, um, my husband and I both have tech backgrounds. We're, we're pretty good. We've you know built computers and whatnot. Um, we were pretty certain it was the motherboard, um, which is not a cheap part to replace necessarily. But uh, yeah, Dell would not give us any help. It was more than a month old, so there was no warranty on it whatsoever. They were very kind and provided us with the model number of the motherboard. Um, we did go ahead and try that because, you know, if you replace the motherboard, you should be able to get life out of the rest of the machine. But that didn't help. There was something in the connections. And you know, at that point, I did not want to sink any more money into a credit old laptop that even Dell apparently thought was a POS. So... Uh, we got a, we saved up for a couple months and bought a new laptop. Luckily, we got some really good sales with the back to school stuff. So the podcast is back. I'm not sure if it will be weekly or biweekly. That's going to depend on my kids' school schedules. So our town is hybrid at the moment, but if things go sideways again, that could change at a moment's notice. So I'm not going to guarantee you a recording schedule, but I am going to go guarantee you that I am going to be recording again. So. We're, we're making progress, at least. Um, I live outside Boston, so we got hit really hard at first, but we've been keeping our numbers down pretty well since then. Most people around here are behaving sensibly. They're wearing masks. They're staying six feet apart. And they're trying really hard not to bring us back to last April when it was a little bit scary around here. So we'll see. Uh, our schools are taking it very seriously. I'm not going to go into everything that they're doing. But they're really trying hard to make sure that all the kids and staff are safe. Um, one quick note. All the project links I have are on Ravelry, but they are labeled in the show notes. Um, in the show notes, any links to yarn are directly to the manufacturer's pages. So they should be safer, all of those of you who are still having Ravelry accessibility issues. I have not yet found a way to make project pages somewhere else that does not involve a lot of work and with me now being a proctor three days a week to my my boys with schooling I, I don't have the time I'm still trying to find the time to get everything up on pay hip so um so oh in that regard now that I have a laptop I can start getting my patterns up on pay hip which is exciting as you all may know they've already been available in love crafts for years so that is an option if you're looking for a pattern of mine and you cannot use Ravelry Go check out Lovecrafts. I'm hoping to start the transition to pay hip this weekend or next week. My younger son just started school this week. He's a little guy still. He's only five, so they're a week behind everybody else. But it means I should have some time going forward to actually work on this. Fingers crossed. First up, finished objects, which I had to add to the show notes because these definitely were not finished back in August. I started and finished the Empower People cowl. I'm actually wearing mine as a headband. So I knit my purple cowl to, uh, this is the pattern that was um, developed by Casapinka for the Empower People project. It's, um, it's uh, requesting folks knit, crochet, sew, 
purple bandanas, headscarves, cowls. They have three free patterns for both cr uh, crochet and knitting and sewing that you can use to make a purple cowl. And the idea is to um, get people to go out and vote. So when they ask you about it, you can tell them about it. And it's purple. It's not red or blue. It's purple in between. So everybody, you know, head on out and vote. I am doing, or I should say, I knit this up in a discontinued bamboo yarn that was dyed up in South Africa by women who were paid a fair wage. So I thought that was a very appropriate yarn to be using for a um, political get out the vote type project. Also, uh, Goldberry, the, my very first crochet shawl, I completed that after my last podcast. I really enjoyed it. I love the Goldberry pattern. Um, I totally wasn't enabled in this, both in learning to crochet better and in um, particularly in the Goldberry shawl. Goldberry is a character in Lord of the Rings, and I, I belong to an online Lord of the Rings knitting fan group sort of thing. Um, and they were they were very, very helpful with, you know, getting me some resources, helping me learn to crochet, and then recommending Goldberry as a first project. It was wonderful. It looks super fancy, but it's very easy if you're looking for a, a way to stretch your crochet skills beyond a dishcloth. I definitely recommend the Goldberry pattern, and that is by Michelle Denaire. And I knit it up in four different colors of Faza's Baby Hand Dyed, which is a cotton rayon blend. Works in progress. So I have a lot of them. I find that in the middle of the summer, I was completing a lot of things, but then I kind of got back into a very similar mode I was in back in, you know, March, April, May, where I just picked up whatever brought me joy and started crazy amounts of new stuff just because. So I'm kind of back there in that headspace right now, probably with the stress of everybody back to school and COVID numbers rising around the country and wildfires and politics. And you you guys know what the dumpster fire of 2020 is like. I, I won't, I'll stop there. So I have a ton of things I've been working on for the past two months. First up is the lace weight boxy. Um, I have split for the shoulders on this. I'm really excited. This is the boxy pattern by Hohi Locatelli, but I'm knitting it up in some lace weight bamboo yarn that I, it's um, a hand dyed tonal blue from very, very pale blue to not quite navy. Um, and it's a, a lace weight bamboo from Spinaway Farms that I bought at Rhinebeck several years ago. I have split for the shoulders. I'm very excited. Apologies if you hear some weird noises. My cat is now walking around my desk. Hello, doves. Um, I am enjoying this, but I put it down and this summer and I didn't have a chance to pick it back up much. So I have de definitely not going to be wearing it this fall, but it should be ready to wear for spring. So I just got to finish the front panel and the back panel and the sleeves are, are short. And also once you hit the sleeves, you're just going in a circle. So it, it goes a lot faster at that point. I am still working on the Papillon the butterfly shawl. Um, that I'm about a third of the way through section two, if I recall correctly. I haven't actually worked on this in about a month. I'm using Barocco Medina yarn that I bought at the Yarn Patch in Crossville, Tennessee last year, and a gold Tencel yarn from Artisanal Yarns that I bought at Rhinebeck, I think it was two or three years ago. So the Medina yarn does the color changes for me. The way the pattern's written, I think she uses 10 different colors plus a solid, she uses like a yellow in between to, to, to kind of highlight the color changes, but I'm letting the Medina, because it's, a, it's a, got long gradients of color, very, very long sections of each color in the gradient. So I'm letting the yarn do the work for me, and I'm just using two skeins of yarn, and I'm really enjoying it. It's a fun pattern. It looks super duper fancy, but all the fancy bits are done using short rows, and since it's garter stitch, you're, you don't even have to pick up your wraps. You wrap and turn, and then just keep going. It's a lot simpler than it looks, 
if you want, you do have to do a lot of counting because you have to get those short rows put in the right place. So I don't work on this when my kids are awake or when my kids are at least around, you know, if they're, if we need a break and they're watching, you know, Paw Patrol or something in the next room, I might pull this out for 15 minutes, but um, I definitely recommend the pattern. It's a lot of fun to work on. Next up is the Trying Shawl by Lee Meredith. This is an old whip that I started at the SSK retreat in 2017. I tend to keep this pattern for traveling. And between COVID and having two small children, we have not been traveling. So I have not gotten very far. And honestly, with COVID-19, we're not traveling at all. So I'm pulling this project back into rotation because I do really enjoy this pattern. I'm knitting it up in Araucania Yumbrel, which is a discontinued lace weight cotton variegated yarn. I'm working on it on size zero needles. So it's, you know, it's going to take me forever to finish this, whether I work on it or not, because the yarn is tiny. The yarn is even thin for a lace weight. I would say it's almost a thread weight and um, the size zero needles, but I've, it'll be about 2000 yards when I finish it. So it'll probably next year at the earliest, although honestly, with the way I'm focusing on things, it might be three more years, but that's not the pattern's fault. The pattern is thoroughly enjoyable. I really like working on it. Um, I just, it's consequences and timing and stuff like that. That's made me have to keep pausing on it for years. The Star Wars scarf for thing one. I have finished the light side. Woohoo! So that is about a third of the shawl. The center section has the Millennium Falcon and the Death Star. And then on the far side, the last third is the dark side. So I've switched out needles recently. I'll talk more about these next week. Um, I'm not going to talk about anything I've acquired recently because this, this show is just going to get way too long. We're just going to stick with whips and FOs and, and upcoming stuff coming up soon. So, um, but I do want to quickly say that I've switched needles and it's made a world of difference. I was using, so I'm using a bamboo yarn trubu from Lion Brown that I got at a local big box store because it's machine washable and it's for a, by the time he gets it, he'll be nine. So I wanted something that I could wash and that would not bleed horribly and that if he spills ketchup on it, I can, I can fix it. That being said, uh, the bamboo yarn is super duper slippery, which I knew buying bamboo, it was going to be slippery, but it's, it, I've been using it on knit picks on their wooden needles, and I forget the knit, what they named their line, but the, the color-coded wooden interchangeables. And it was going okay, but I'm not great at double knitting. This whole scarf is double knitting. And I, with the wooden needles, they're, they're slippery for wooden needles, I guess you could say. They're not slippery compared to a metal needle. They're grippier than metal. But the bamboo which was, I felt like I did like a death grip on the, on the upcoming stitches with my left hand, that they were just all going to come flying off the needle. So I ordered... During Fiber World 2020, some needles from Indian Lake Artisans. Um, they are hand-turned or handmade uh, wooden needles that are hexagonal and not round. And they're a little bit stickier. They're not crazy sticky. Like, it's still really easy to move the stitches down the needle. But between the hexagonal shape and um, the slightly different material... Um, I find it's much easier on my hands. I'm not death-gripping my left hand holding onto all those stitches anymore. Uh, and I'm really enjoying working on the new needles. And I'll I'll talk more about those next week or in my next episode. Thing 2's Hitchhiker. I have started a DK weight hitchhiker scarf for Thing 2 since I am knitting the Star Wars scarf for Thing 1. It's in a variegated yarn from a big box store in shades of two shades of purple. And then there's yellow, green, tan, and a little bit of white. This is now my car knitting, now that we are back into school. I have to say, it is really weird to have car knitting again after being 
home for months and months and months. So it's getting a little love daily at school drop-off and pick-up because, of course, my kids' schedules are different. So there's no one point where I'm dropping two people or picking up two people at the same time. It's all completely different, of course, as naturally it has. It's 2020. Of course it's not going to be easy. <laughs> but I, I have gotten... I've, I've, I'm not even sure how far I've gotten. I've probably got two feet in it already. And by the time this is done, I have so much yarn left. This may actually end up being a blanket for him as opposed to an actual scarf because it is DK weight. He loves purple so much. And trying to find purple yarn that's not like super duper pinky, like girly pink, um, or that has like neutral colors with it is really hard. And, you know, purple is his favorite color. I'm not going to squash it. You like purple? Rock the purple. So finding a purple yarn that had neutral colors like yellow, green, and tan was really exciting. So whether this actually turns out to be a scarf or, you know, maybe a blanket he just curls up on or curls up with when we're sitting reading with his stuffed animals or something, you know, it'll still be a great Christmas present. Thing 2's dragon blanket. So I am almost done with this crochet blanket. I think I talked about this in the last episode. I'm losing track. It has been over two months at this point. So it's in purple, his favorite color, of course, and green. I literally just need to assemble it. Um, it's another Christmas present. So if you haven't seen the Snap the Dragon blanket, it's a blanket with a hood, and then you, you crochet spines, and you add um, little felt claws to the end. You, you have like little hand pockets, and then you have like felt claws at the end of those hand pockets. So you can wear the blanket like a dragon and run around the house and roar and stuff. So it's going to be so cute. I can't wait. It's All the pieces are done. I just need to sit down and sew it together. And I've been putting it off. And before you ask, yes, I will be making one in red for thing one. I'm waiting because tomorrow is the start of the pigskin party. Actually, no, I take it back. Today is the start of the pigskin party. So maybe I'll start it later today. Woohoo! Um, more on the pigskin party later on in a later in the out and about segment. Also, I should note, so these blankets are um, or will be in some deep acrylic stash. Some of it is older than my kids. Some of it is my own that I bought for projects a million years ago when I was first learning to knit. Some I've inherited from my friend's mom. When she stopped knitting, I have bags of, of yarn that I've been handing out slowly over the years to folks, and I still have a few skeins left. Luckily, I had some. I have some red left, so that will be thing with one project. But yes, machine washable. When, when it comes to projects for little kids, machine washable. And lastly, I think it's the last thing I can think of anyway, ankle socks. Uh, I am now on the second sock of my first pair ever of ankle socks. It's living in my purse, but since we rarely leave the house, it doesn't see a lot of love. The sock is knit up in Kobasi by Haiku, and that's a wool-free sock yarn made of cotton, bamboo, silk, and nylon that has a lot of stretch to it. Uh, if you've ever knit a cotton yarn and say, dear God, why would you work with this? Go try Kabasi. They also make a DK weight. It is it. You won't believe it. It's a plant yarn. It's wonderful to work with. Makes great socks. I am knitting it in a variegated turquoise and blue colorway. I started these on the cruise back before the pandemic started because this yarn reminded me of the beautiful turquoise Caribbean waters, and I wanted something that I could you know easily have walking around the ship, escorting kids places to you know like the play area and stuff you know we were on a disney cruise for the very first time so like there's tons of stuff going on for kids where you just need to get the kid from point a to point b for whatever their activity they're involved in or, or you know dropping them off at the pickup line to get them at the at the kids area that sort of thing so i started these then and um i did finish the one sock but i that's about it pretty much out and about. Well, we really haven't actually been going out and about, so I'm just going to cover some things going on in the fiber world that either ended recently 
or are starting up soon, if you have any events you'd like me to share, please go ahead, email me, windswiftmonique at gmail.com. The first thing I want to talk about is the pigskin party because the kickoff day is today. It starts the 25th of September and goes through the end of the football season in February. I am returning this year. I think this is my third or fourth year as a sponsor. It's run by Jennifer Lasson from Downseller Studios, the podcast. Uh, she's also a fellow designer and she's a wonderful person. Jen is awesome. Uh, so there's a lot of kick up, kickoff stuff going on this weekend. There was supposed to be an in-person party. Obviously, that has changed because COVID-19, you know, she's been planning this for months and months and months now. But there's going to be um, a virtual kickoff party. If you check her website, downsellerstudio.com, or check the Ravelry group, um, the Downseller Studio Ravelry group, if Ravelry is still safe for you. There's events going on virtually all day today and all day tomorrow. And I would love it if you join me tomorrow, Saturday, August 22nd at 6.05 p.m. I'm going to be hosting a sit and knit. I'm calling it cocktails and crafts. So bring your favorite beverage, whether that's milk, water, tea, coffee, an actual cocktail, a glass of wine, a beer, whatever you have and your favorite craft. And I'll be on Zoom. The link is going to be in the Ravelry thread. I'm also going to email it to my mailing list tomorrow, Saturday morning. So if you're, if you're hearing this before... Saturday, or sorry, if you're hearing this before 6 p.m. on Saturday, either check the Ravelry group, Downseller Studio, or head to my website, windswiftknits.com, and sign up for the mailing list, and you will get the email tomorrow. You know what? I'll, I'll send it later. I'll send out the email around noon because I'm going to release this podcast today, and that will give you guys about 24 hours. Hopefully, a few of you have had a chance, but um, yeah, go ahead and check, and I'll be posting about it on Instagram, too, and and we'll be directing you to the right location so you can find the link. I just, with Zoom bombing and weirdos out there, I just don't want to post the link on Instagram or that sort of thing. If you take my meaning, I, I want to make sure that actual knitters show up and not just weirdos who found a link on the internet. Fiberworld was back in August and that was so much fun. That was run by, or organized and programmed by um, the owners of 100 Ravens. Um, one of the two of them is a video game developer, so they got their students involved as a as a summer project, but all the staff was paid, which is wonderful to hear about because a lot of these, you know, startup quote unquote are, are, you know, intern based and, you know, you, you can't put a roof over your head if you're if you're an intern, unfortunately, especially these days, we all got to pay the rent. So the, the staff was fairly compensated. It was a great show. There were definitely some technical hiccups that first um, night or two um, particularly, but things really did get straightened out and the staff were very responsive. If you were having a problem, they got back to you and the, the kids had a, a taste of reality of what launch weekend is really like. How, you know, Having been in the tech industry myself, the weekend something launches, something is going to go haywire. I can guarantee you, you, you almost never have a, a launch where everything goes smoothly so that first weekend like you don't sleep you just stay up fixing things the entire weekend so the, the, those those kids worked their tails off um but it was they did a, a great job all the staff and all of there were volunteers also the teachers were great the hosts were great i had a wonderful time definitely would recommend it and they're planning on doing it again uh this year's got put together in about i think they said it was five weeks maybe six weeks they they programmed the entire website and that they did a lot of programming it wasn't just um hey let's do this 
you know, whatever, they, they, they did a bit of work to get things up and running and try to make a system that they could then reuse. So they're planning on doing it again next year. Uh, now they'll have more time to actually put into it. They won't have to get what works now. They can do a little bit more planning involved and, and hoping things run a little bit smoother next time. But they're hoping they'll be able to run this much more frequently, even once the world gets back to a semblance of normalcy. Because a lot of folks, you know, who never would have met, I, I ended up shopping with vendors in the center of the country and on the West Coast. And I'm out by Boston. These are vendors I never would have come in contact with any of the fairs or festivals or, or wool and fiber arts things that I go to because it's just too far away for them to truck all their goodies. I mean, it, 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 they'd be crazy to drive all the way. Even to Rhine, you know, Rhinebeck is about as far away as I go. It's about a four, four and a half hour drive. Um, but, you know, if you're living in, you know, Minnesota or something, you'd be crazy. Why would, why, I mean, why would you haul all of your stuff that far? But anyway. Uh, another thing coming up soon is Vogue Knitting Live. That is going to be October 8th through 11th. I think this is their third online Vogue that I'm aware. I'm not positive on that. I have not attended any of them personally, but I know several folks who have. They've all loved it. I've heard nothing but good stuff about it. I might get at least the marketplace tickets to this one. I don't know if I'm going to do classes. We'll have to wait and see. January in NYC has not officially been canceled yet, but I would be shocked if Vogue Knitting actually happens in New York this January. I mean, with the way they cram people into those ballrooms and stuff, especially in, in the marketplace, there's just, there's no way. It's it's not safe with the current, you know, atmosphere and, and COVID going around. So I'm thinking I might participate um, virtually in maybe one or two of the Vogue Lives this winter as a way to sort of virtually get out of the house. And as I said before, if you have any events you'd like me to share, please go ahead, email me, windswepmonique at gmail.com, and I will add them to the show notes for the next episode. On the run. Well, I don't know about you, but given all the crazy time at home, I've definitely put on the COVID-19, so I am currently trying to get back in shape. So, um, you know, when March, when everything closed down around here, suddenly no longer swimming a third of a mile twice a week or hauling my kids all over creation every day, that definitely started to affect my waistline. So as does stress eating, gummy bears, homemade bread, typhoon, Thai food, a second glass of wine, more gummy bears. Did I mention gummy bears? I've eaten so many gummy bears. But, you know, we're all eating healthier again here. You know, we're not an all or nothing house. We still bake cookies and pie and bread periodically, but we're definitely not kind of doing the crisis baking we were back when and Boston was kind of a scary place to be back in April or so. So we're balancing it with fruits and veggies and healthy proteins and all and all the stuff you know you should be eating. Um, I have been walking three days a week. I, I can't run at the moment. One of my knees is really not happy. I've been doing a mile and a half to two each time. I started up this week increasing it. I did um, two two-mile walks, picking up my, my youngest from his school. Um, I've done something to my good knee, though. So I think I'm just going to take a break and we'll see how things are going. But I'm, I'm trying to find ways to get back in shape that's not going to re-injure me. And I can't, I, I don't feel comfortable hopping in the pool right now. We'll see. I know po folks have been back in the pool and maybe, maybe I will. You know, the numbers here are still low. And I've, I've heard folks say that pools are, are a safe place to be. But I've, I found I've missed dancing a lot. I, I danced for you know, 18 years. I started when I was three, took classes through senior year of high school took more classes in college, took more classes after college, um, you know, some adult tap and adult ballet classes and stuff like that. Um, you know, I've never been particularly 
great, you know, I was never going to become a professional dancer. I just really enjoy dancing. So I've done a couple easy dance classes, like an easy ballet class and a Zumba class. My body definitely isn't in shape enough to do what I want to do and what I remember doing when I was in good shape and when I was a good dancer. So I'm trying to get my life or my, my body back into a healthy place to be so I can do more things. So I think I'm going to, sorry, the cat's back again, pardon the weird noises in the background. So I think I'm going to try some things to really work on strengthening my core, like maybe belly dancing, which I've done in the past, and maybe some salsa. They're fun. They're different. This, each each technique has you moving in a slightly different way. So you're using different muscles. So I think they're going to complement each other really well. Plus it's different muscle groups from going walking. Um, and I find, you know, in dancing, you really have to use your core to move safely or you're going to end up injured. And, and I definitely need to work on my core strength. So that's kind of my plan going forward. We'll see. I am going to leave it off here because we are almost at our 30 minute mark and we are always 30 minutes or less here. So next week I will tell you about some fun yarns that I have picked up over the past couple months and I will share more about the pigskin party and more about Vogue and anything else coming up. I hope you all have a wonderful week. I hope you're all safe. I hope you're all healthy. And as always, keep those legs and those needles moving. Bye-bye.